Hello, I am Melissa Bond, the station manager at KTSW. Um, we're here to talk about South by Southwest uh, that happened last week, March 13th through the 22nd. It was the 28th year of South by Southwest. Do you guys want to? Yeah, my name is Nicole Barrios. I'm the editor in chief of the University Star. I'm Allison Johnson, the music director at KTSW. And I'm Kelsey Bradshaw, the news editor at the University Star. Cool. And how many years have you guys all been going to South By? Is this your first time covering it? or This is actually my second year. Um, last year I got to cover music, but this year I got an interactive press badge. So it was a pretty different experience for me, but it was still really fun and, and hectic. I was going to say, I took over music for Nicole this year. It was my first year, and I'm really tired. <laughs> I feel like I've like been through something, like my body is sore and like my voice is gone. So it was super fun. Yeah, last year was really my first year even though I'm from Austin and I've always been around South by Southwest, last year was really my first year going and taking it on full force. This year I kind of took a more laid back approach just because I you know, knew that it was gonna be a, t- a very tiring week and weekend, but um, yeah, always an interesting experience at South by Southwest for sure. Um, and finally, this is my sixth year going to South by. Oh, I wow. used to come in high school. This is one of the first years since I've been at university I haven't done press for it. I actually did podcasting for South by this time, but I, yeah, took a more laid back approach. So um, I'm excited to see all of the things that we get from our press, though, because every year I'm sure it's the same with the star. We get more and more people that are able to do cool things. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. This year, um, we were able to get almost all of our editorial board to go um, with press badges from South By. Like, so. even our design editor was yeah. there vlogging <laughs> about design panels, so that was kind of funny. Yeah, it was really awesome to see them all contribute. Yeah. Yeah, and for us, not only do we have, you know, official press coverage of music and of film, but we also have unofficial street team coverage. So we sent, I think, at least... 11 or 15 music reviewers and other people from the station to go and do interviews with uh, at least like 15 bands, I think. Um, So there was a lot of unofficial coverage going on as well, which is just good content for us, all those interviews. And, you know, they're doing interviews in alleyways and bathrooms and wherever (laughs) they can get them at the time that they can. So we definitely have music covered uh, broadly. I think like one of my favorite things about South by and like different content that's pushed out is stuff that um is kind of like on the street and not really planned because there are so many different people from all over the world there so that's always what I look forward to the most with going to the festival and then also seeing what other people bring out and with our street team that's what I like to see come from them anyway yeah absolutely yeah I think my favorite thing is stumbling upon shows that I didn't know what to expect from um like a couple different artists that you know I never had seen before or whatever I go to their show and then they just blow me away like last year I didn't know who Hosier was and now he's like a huge star and I fell in love with him so it's just like that kind of and that thing. yeah that was something that Madeline our photo editor who was there she only had a wristband and so she couldn't like it was like we had to like leave her and like go to things without her and just depend on myself for photos which is not a very good idea but um she would just kind of stumble into like Japanese pop concerts and like mm-hmm. become best friends with these people and like we're like Madeline what are you doing or like if she wasn't stumbling into like random concerts she was like finding really fashionable people on the street which there was like a million people there and she did a lot of street style photos and it was really cool. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so Tuesday um, kicked off the, the music portion of the South by Southwest Fem Festival, sorry, and um, we were able to go to the concert at the Hype Hotel featuring Spoon, Odessa, and um, Milo, Milo Green. Green. So that was really fun. Kelsey. It was really fun, and like we ended up being in the front row, which is something that I don't know. I've never been in the front row of a concert, and that like every concert I went to at South by, I was in the front row, like on the rail, and I don't know how that happened, but we like got up there, we held our spot, Milo Green came on. I had never heard of them. Yeah, I, yeah, I had heard of them before, and I really loved them. And I was sad that they didn't play their older stuff from their old album because the stuff they played, I had no idea what it was. Um, but yeah, they were they still just really came out great. With a new album, yeah. all three of those bands actually yeah. have come out with new it's albums good. like in the past six months or whatever. So yeah. it's definitely like a fresh. Even though Spoon has been around for a long time, they were on a bit of a break there. So yeah. their new album was incredible, incredible, mm -hmm. and heavily played so at KTS. Yeah, <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, that got a lot of airtime. They were yeah. really good, and you could just kind of because you know all those sets at South by are so short; they're like thirty or forty minutes mm -hmm. long, and you could just tell that they were like really upset about it. They were just like, "We hate to go, but like that was <laughs> One it." More song. Yeah. One more song, maybe. I know that they were. Um, I'm not positive if they were able to play Auditorium Shores, but I know that a lot of the shows were cancelled there because mm -hmm. of the weather. This has been one of the worst South by Southwest weather-wise in yeah. a while. I know that the weekend kind of really got washed out for most people. Because mm -hmm. Spoon ended up performing on Thursday, and Cameron, our managing editor, and myself, we ended up like making the trek to Auditorium Shores, and I like got to see Spoon again. We went for a couple of songs, and... They played for longer, and there was, like, fireworks at the end, and it was, just, it was like, really beautiful. <laughs> it yeah, was really one nice. My, one of my biggest beefs with all festivals, but South By especially, is that, you know, artists are limited in how long that they can play, and therefore, you know, if you have a major, major artist like Spoon who has so many hits and so many songs and so many albums that people know, you know, it you're not going to get to hear all your favorites. It's just impossible. But, I mean, yeah. you know, sometimes you hear a treat, you hear a new song, and... It's all good. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. You discover new favorites. Um, so Wednesday, they held the moment of silence for the South by um, crash victims last year. Melissa, I know you went to that. Yeah, so just a little bit of a backstory. Allison and I last year, um, we went to South by and we're doing press for KCSW and we actually were at Cheer Up Charlie's, which is on Red River and 10th, I believe. Mm -hmm. and. It, that's where the car accident happened. We'd been inside seeing Kurt Vile and I'd left, Allison was still in there and then basically everything went down within like the five minutes of me leaving. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty unreal being back there again on Wednesday. It wasn't really planned on my behalf because I mean, why would you plan on going back to somewhere where something so tragic had happened? But um, they, it was like a, a year ago during South by Southwest. So not to the date, but like the Wednesday mm -hmm. of South by Southwest. And so at that showcase, it was like a Jansport bonfire session. So they were filming it for this online series that Jansport does. And so there was uh, the big bands that were playing were Twin Peaks, Waxahachie, and then Real Estate. And at midnight, they completely stopped everything. Um, and on the inside and outside stage, someone was reading like a speech. And it was basically a statement from the festival um, just to recognize what had happened last year and the people that were killed or injured. And it was honestly one of the most emotional things I felt during a festival because every, it really hit close to home personally and then also for the festival as a whole. And it was something that the entire time that I was in Austin last week, I was wondering, like, are they going to 
are they going to do anything about it what are they going to is there going to be a memorial service but Mm -hmm. I guess that was their way of doing it so it was I think it was really tasteful on their behalf yeah I think it meant a lot to a lot of people and I think they did the right thing in recognizing it and um, I know it was on all of the news stations and everybody all over Twitter I mean all of South by was over Twitter but there's a lot of photos from it yeah but other than that, on a lighter note, um, I on the on the Wednesday, I ended up leaving that showcase and then going to see Future Islands at the Mohawk. Um, Future Islands are like my favorite band; they have been for like years. But I last year at South by Southwest, there was a showcase at Cheer Up Charlie's, yeah. um, and it was the Skinny Magazine showcase, and they did some really incredible like videoing and the videos pretty much went viral after South by and Future Islands took off. They were on like the late show and like all sorts of different things after that. And so for them to come back this year, I knew that that they would be like a artist to see. Mm -hmm. And the Mohawk had a line that was five blocks long to go and see them um like at the beginning of the night so for me to have ended up seeing them was like really incredible for me but also it really shows how they've grown over the past year and the kind of exposure that south by southwest gives artists yeah and after that i mean after they played david letterman it was like because melissa and i have both been fans of future islands for a long time now melissa even longer than i i mean you've been seeing them for years and um, it is crazy. There's a lot of artists that kind of get their start at South by Southwest playing to crowds of like 15 people. Mm-hmm. And then you have a band like Future Islands who remains relatively under the radar for, for years and years. And then, you know, they play a performance on TV and then you have sold out shows all over the country, all over the world. So um, they definitely are one of the best live performances I have ever seen. I mean, seriously, he is drenched in sweat to where it's like if you took his shirt off and rang it out, mm-hmm. I mean, there would be just sweat. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that. No, wow. I mean, it's visually such like a, such a graphic image. Visually, it's amazing to watch like someone put so much effort and so much of themselves into a musical performance. It's just absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. And then on Wednesday, I got to see the Plain White Tees, and I don't know if you guys ever experienced a breakup in eighth grade, but the Plain (laughs) White Tees, they were there for me with Hey There, Delilah. And I was sitting there, I was like, no, Madeline, like, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. They're going to play Hey There, Delilah, and we can just leave. And I kept, ended up, like, I ended up being an accidental fan of theirs because I ended up knowing, like, four of their songs. I was like, oh, wait, like, I'm a bigger fan than I thought because they have, like, they've had more hits since Hey There, Delilah. Mm -hmm. But that's just what they're known for. And it was really good. And it was at Red Eyed Fly. And it was, like, a really small venue. And it was probably, like, me and, like, my 30 closest friends. And I was, like, on the front row again. And I was like, here I am, world. And it was really fun. Um, And I got to interview Tom afterwards, who's the lead singer, and he's the one who wrote Hey There, Delilah back in, like, 2007. Like, Uh. people still know them for that song. It's (laughs) been, like, eight years. And I was talking to him, and I was just like, is it more annoying or awesome that people are still like, play Hey There, Delilah? And he was like, well, it's annoying because, like, we keep having to play it, and we've been playing it for eight years, like, every day of our lives. But it's also really awesome to be known for something, and, like, people recognize us, and that's really cool, too. And they just, like, I don't know, they put on a great show, and, like, they were having fun, and, like, they were making jokes. I think they were kind of drunk, but it was really fun to watch. <laughs> I had a everyone. good time. Are they putting out new music? Yes. They actually just came out with an album. It is called, I think, American Something. I wrote it down somewhere, but I don't know what it is. But they played like three or four songs from it. And they, there's this one song called Stay that I really liked. And yeah, they've got a new album coming out. Cool. Yeah. 
And um, also on Wednesday, we got to interview more uh, local bands and kind of more independent up-and-coming artists um, at the press day um, held at the Handlebar. And I was able to interview a Canadian-American Americana folk singer um, called Lucette. And I know Kelsey interviewed some some other bands. Yeah, as well. I interviewed three bands. I interviewed one named Ao, and they that's really fun. They like got that name from like one of their songs. I'm not gonna sing, but it says Ao in the song. Um, and then the Suffers, which is like a ten person band, but and I was really nervous, but only three showed up because everybody was also was kind of tired. And then I interviewed Zuzu Fang. Yeah, so, so I think cool. yeah, it's it cool was really to cool. Get personal like one on time with the artists that haven't made it quite as big yeah. yet as people like Plain White Tees or Future Islands, but it was, it was really yeah. fun to speak with them and learn about their music. How did you feel like they were reacting to the festival? Like, did they seem like they were all tired out? Because my experience with, like, bands is that they always, they're just like, ah, oh, we love it, but we <laughs> hate it so much. Well, because that was the thing with all of the bands that I interviewed, there was, like, a person missing, and they were like, yeah, they're asleep, or, like, they're <laughs> hungover, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, because they're playing so many shows when you're at South By, whereas, like, the bigger names play, like, maybe two or three and they're playing like six and they were just like you know but like we're loving it like we love Austin we love tacos but that like all of their voices were gone and they were kind of like, like looking at me like trying like not to fall asleep I was like trying to keep the convo lively but yeah, yeah it was yeah, fun. Yeah food was a big thing at South Bay because I would ask I asked Lucette um yeah. she had just come off the plane from from Canada like at 1 a.m and then she was there at the press day yeah. at like 11 talking to me and I was like so what have you experienced from Austin and Texas so far like this is your first time right and she's like well I've had some brisket <laughs> I've had some barbecue and it was like okay like we're just known for our food yeah. here in Texas like that's that was, not the yeah. first time that I've heard that actually yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like well what about the capital no nope, just like, the barbecue no, yeah, like, that was like one of my interview yeah. questions like I wrote down like how are the tacos yeah. like are you enjoying the tacos well, it's, it's really very funny important. because it's like do they not have people are always talking about the tacos the tacos the tacos yeah. like do, they, do you not have tacos in other that's <laughs> thing, like places. Right? tacos yeah. like let's, don't let's exist let's think places. about it though like it's places that Authentic. you've been do you do you eat tacos mm, not really <laughs> i've not, had some yeah. mediocre tacos in other places not so especially much. like oh, yeah. mexican Absolutely. food like tex-mex is very Tex-Mex mediocre is everywhere the kind else. of mexican food that i'm yeah Exactly. So another big thing that happened Wednesday was um, some interviews and panels with some famous rappers. Oh, yes. Kelsey was able to Apparently go see. I am a huge fan of rap because I saw a bunch of rappers this this year, my first year. Um, yeah, I got OK. Wiz Khalifa did a panel with um, an Olympian, Trevor Andrew and Paul Rosenberg, who's an artist manager. And this guy named Domingo Neris moderated, and he kind of, like, led the, like, discussion for, like, 15 minutes and then let the audience ask the rest of the questions, which was kind of weird. I was like, you have, like, 45 minutes. I don't know why you didn't interview anyone. But uh, anyway, they talked about, like, the connection between music and sports because, like, Khalifa has, like, a really popular rap song called Black and Yellow, and it's about the Pittsburgh Steeler, and, like, We Dem Boys is used for the Dallas Cowboys to promote them because they're, like, the mm-hmm. Cowboys and even though he's like not a fan and he was like no I'm not a Cowboys fan I do not endorse this like, that is not mine but they were just kind of talking about like the connection between the two and it was an interesting conversation except everyone in the audience who like went up to ask a question was just kind of like how can I get my mixtape to you Wiz Khalifa like 15 people asked that oh, and oh wow. that's a major yeah. that's yes. a major major issue and I yeah can say that in doing meet and greets this week with artists like um, B.O.B. and Snooty and um, Big Sean and and all these people, there was at least 10 people that would get in line with a CD. And 
we would have to tell them put that away like and it's put uncomfortable it in your pocket to watch. Yeah. and they would still go yeah. up pull it out and hey you know try yeah. to try to be secret like can you can you listen especially because like this? that's it's not even the way to do that anymore like <laughs> well, make a youtube channel like make your own fan base one of the managers <laughs> made a joke and was like oh yeah i'm gonna take this and put it in my discman yeah. and like <laughs> kind of like was jabbing at the guy yeah, and the guy yeah. kind of got offended but he was like calm down it's just a joke but seriously yeah. you, you just there's a time and a place yeah. for that and Wiz Khalifa's not going like, to listen to your mixtape like what are they going to do take home a backpack of CDs and listen yeah. to them on the ride home mm-hmm. no and like, exactly. <laughs> and like Khalifa's response to every single person being like how can I get my mixtape to your ears he just kept being like got any weed like do you have any weed <laughs> and we were all like okay like sounds good but they were like, I can get you some. And I was like, everyone stop. Like, stop what you're <laughs> doing a professional right panel. <laughs> I, I think that that's, like, the, the cool and not cool thing about South by Southwest, though. And mm-hmm. we could talk about this more when we talk about interactive in film. But when it comes to panels, there's some people that, re- like, it's great that you get to interact with people that have had hands-on names, things. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they've got to do really big things. They've started their own companies, this and that. They're celebrities, but there is always people that are just starstruck. And it is a mm-hmm. hard thing to kind of get past, but at the same time, it can ruin the experience a little bit for the other people that are there to learn more than anything. Yeah. So Yeah, it was really interesting to watch. Just I just felt really awkward the whole time. And I was just like, guys, stop. <laughs> well, to go off of that, I went to a World Star Hip Hop Showcase on Thursday, which was very interesting to say the least um and there was a lot of mixtape handing out going out there mm. or going on there it was actually not in this as much in the city it was up north um by <laughs> the highland mall it was at this place oh, wow. called club Fongos. um <laughs> and so the like big names rich homie kwan riff raff trey the truth snooty wild k camp ray shrummerd yeah, that's right. Very and sure. then, um, so it was just, it was like a f- full day-long thing. It went from 3 p.m. till 2 a.m. So it was incredibly tiring, but it it was also on the same night as, uh, like, the Fader Fort thing. There, like, the Fader Fort that mm-hmm. was, like, sponsored by Converse had, like, Mike Will made it there, and Miley Cyrus came out, and Future did, and Riff Raff, and Ray Shremmerd. And so that kind of honestly took away from the excitement of the show that I was at because mm-hmm. I was looking at my phone and there was like Instagram and like tweets and like Facebook posts and blog posts about how like Fader Fort was like hitting off and like everything was great and all these bands were there and I was like wow they're gonna come to this little warehouse thing <laughs> and play for us now after this and like entire mm-hmm. big thing and I, I wonder if that does happen like with other people like they they see a show after a really good one and it's like wow okay the artists just don't want to be there anymore. <laughs> yeah. but. Aren't you tired by now? <laughs> I know Kelsey hung out at Fader Ford Ugh. a lot that day, yes, right? I was she, so mad. Okay, actually missed Miley. Yes, and I love Miley Cyrus. I, I don't. I am not ashamed to say it. I love Miley. <laughs> and Madeline and I were hanging out at Fader Fort trying to like get free Converse and like we were taking like pictures and listening to music and stuff. And um, we were there for like four hours. And whenever Cameron and I went to go see Edward Sharp that night at like 11, his mom texted him and was like, hey, so Miley Cyrus was at Fader Fort. Do you know what that is? And like Cameron was like, hey, look at this. And I was like looking at my Fader Fort like wristband. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like I was there all day in the sun, like nothing cool happened I mean it was like it was cool it was fun but I was just like dang like I love Miley but yeah on Thursday we went and got to see Edward Sharp which is like totally on the opposite end of the spectrum compared to Miley Cyrus 
and um, everybody obviously knows them for their song Home, and like it's like a really cute love song that everybody loves, but they played their entire new album um, that came out like right before South By, like three days before South By started, and it was like the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It was so cool. It was in a church, and in my mind, I was like, oh, okay, like this concert's at Central Presbyterian Church. Like we'll be in like a banquet hall or something, like something where people. Are, no, we. I was like in a pew, like yeah. next to a Bible, and <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and like all, I was just like, it's it was a good really pretty. For yeah, sound is like yeah, what, and Edward Sharp is such a troop, like large troop. Yeah, of there's like ten people. And yeah, they really do put on great performances because they're another one of those groups that's just absolutely 100% involved in the performance of the oh, yeah. music. And like, it was beautiful. And like, it was, it was kind of weird. Cause at first for the cup, the opening bands, everyone was just kind of sitting down. Like no one was standing or like dancing or anything. And of course I've been all these concerts all week where I'm like screaming and like <laughs> dancing and stuff. And we're all sitting down and like Edward Sharp came out and like everyone was like on their feet and he kept going into the crowd. And like, he's like, I'm going to sit in this pew and was like sitting with the crowd. And it was really funny because you know, everyone, like, each band will come out and they'll tape their set list to the stage so that they can look down, they can stay on track. And, like, for Edward Sharp, like, their little people came out and taped, like, 20 pages of paper <laughs> onto the stage because he couldn't remember any of the lyrics to their new album. And so he just kept, like, ripping up a sheet and, like, reading it off. And it was just, the, like, it was so funny and it was so cute and I was so into it. And, like, he brought someone up on stage and was like, here, hold these lyrics up while I read them off. And, like, the new album's really beautiful and it's really good. And they, like, performed it on Jimmy Kimmel the next day and they didn't play home and like everyone was upset but it's understandable like it's fine and it was just really beautiful and I don't know I like cried it was so pretty yeah. <laughs> so I think like luckily on Jimmy Kimmel Edward was able to remember the lyrics but, <laughs> yeah. but it was cool to see like his full band like they had two drum kits and like yeah. an upright bass and a mandolin and it was just cool to see them perform. and like with Edward Sharp you can tell that he's like really like feeling his music and that it means a lot to him because he was just so into it so I was so into it and I was just like having a moment while he was having a moment and like those are the best kind of concerts in my opinion so it was really I good agree. yeah it was I super fun well. and then on Friday um I got to see Snoop Dogg <laughs> he was the keynote speaker this year and like keynote speakers from the past like last year it was Lady Gaga like Johnny Cash has been the keynote speaker um Dave Grohl Bruce Springsteen and so like Snoop Dogg headlined it this year Joined the Hall of Fame. and yeah and I mean me I only knew like one Snoop Dogg song going into this but now I'm like the biggest fan in the entire world like I'm so into Snoop I'm Dogg disappointed in you Kelsey. oh my god I know I know <laughs> it was like I knew drop it like it's hot and I'm sure if you played some other songs I'd be like oh yeah I know that but like yeah it was pretty useless but um everyone like got there super early because it was supposed to start at 11 and when I got to the convention center it was 9 30 and the line was like wrapped around like the floor that I was on in the convention center and I interviewed the girl who was uh, at the front of the line and she was like yeah I got here at eight like I've been sitting here since eight and I was like oh god okay and um before Snoop Dogg came on this group called the Hypnotic Brass Ensemble opened for them and this was day seven of South by Southwest for me. And I was like angry and tired and like I didn't have any coffee that day. And I was just sitting there and I was like, OK, I just got to live tweet this and then I can like relax and we're going to go see Jimmy Kimmel and it'll be fine. But this like brass ensemble came out and it was like 10 dudes and they it was a brass ensemble and they started playing their trumpets and trombones and all this stuff. And I like immediately woke up and I was totally into it. And then a bunch of their songs, they fused like rap and jazz together. And I was I was just like screaming. It was so good and I just couldn't handle it and like they were just hip swaying and head bobbing and they were really into it and they were just 
they oh, they were just freaking out the whole time and so I was freaking out the whole time <laughs> and they've worked on a couple of Snoop Dogg songs with him um, and they were just like this is real good music y'all and we're all like yes it is like you're doing such a good job like we're so into it if you can get a crowd hyped at like 10 a.m yeah that's when you know yeah because like <laughs> everyone you know in there was men. like I'm asleep like I'm just here to see Snoop Dogg but like they've got a new fan they're my new favorite thing they were wonderful um but back to Snoop Dogg he came out and he was just kind of like talking about, you know, his career. His manager interviewed him, so it was kind of like a relaxed conversation. Um, but it was nice, and he was just kind of talking about how he writes his raps like for people and how he loves people of all colors because like that's the way his mom taught him to live and stuff like that. And um, he talked a lot about social media and how it helps him to connect he with his crazy people. On he crazy has crazy an amazing on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. Like he has my favorite, yeah, he has... He has an amazing at Snoop Dogg. Todd. <laughs> yeah, no, he's two G's. <laughs> he's hilarious on Instagram because he was saying they like. Okay, so I didn't know this about Snoop Dogg, but he paints like as a hobby. Oh, he's like a I painter. Didn't know that. And, and <laughs> it, it was so much about Snoop Dogg. To be honest, <laughs> it was so funny Maybe because that's he what was he started doing when he went into his like raw safari and stage. Oh, yeah. He's lying. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he was just kind of like, yeah, well, you know, one of my one of my he calls his fans his people. So he was like, one of my peoples on so like on Twitter told me to start painting, and so I did. And he was talking about basically he, d he described how he was an abstract artist because he's like yeah I'll paint something and I think it looks like this and someone comes in and was like oh yeah is that a building and he's like yeah no yeah that's what I meant to paint and it was, <laughs> I don't know he's just really funny and he told I have to tell this story because it's, it's the funniest thing ever um him and Willie Nelson are best friends and it makes sense and um his manager was just kind of like yeah a lot of people say that like it's unconventional or like people wouldn't think that like you and Willie Nelson would be BFFs and Snoop Dogg was like well I don't know why like we love animals and good music and we love to smoke grass and um <laughs> he was talking about this one instance where him and Willie Nelson were in Amsterdam to film a music video called My Medicine together um, and yeah, and he kept he kept alluding to like smoking weed of and smoking course. marijuana or whatever, but he like didn't actually say it. But he was like, you know, like me and Willie were hanging out in his hotel room, and after he got me good and hungry, like after smoking, they went to KFC, and he was like, we ordered buckets and buckets of chicken, and then like we're in the back seat of this car, and we both reach into the same bucket of chicken, and like we touch the same piece of chicken, and he was like, and that's when I fell in love, man, and he was like, we touched the same piece of chicken, I said, oh nah, Willie, that's you, dog, and I was screaming. I was like, this oh is the gosh. best story I've ever heard. There's a lot heard. of references at South by the Sea. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it's, I don't know. I think because, like, because of the whole like legalized marijuana oh, yeah. thing that's spreading like the nation, yeah. it it became really clear. Like I know that Jimmy Kimmel did like a, uh -huh. a street and that was hilarious. Kind of yeah. Yeah. yeah, the pot questions yeah. with yeah. Willie. And I think that that like people are just a lot more comfortable talking mm -hmm. about it now. It's are. suddenly like not a. Not, not as big, exactly. Yeah, it's not that exactly. big of a deal. Which and like interesting his to see. Snoop Dogg's manager, he was like, so like, what's the first thing you wake, like when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you think about? And Snoop Dogg was like smoking. Like, that's what I think about. And whenever. It's a lifestyle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and whenever we went to Jimmy Kimmel, he showed this video of Snoop Dogg and he was mm -hmm. like, yeah, like before his keynote session today, he posted this video and it was like a video of him smoking before he went into the keynote. But I was surprisingly for myself, very inspired by Snoop Dogg. I was totally into it. He like made his way to the top and like, he's like, in his late forties now, and he yeah, he's have good. Been, like yeah. overwhelmed by it a little. That's he's been around like, for awesome. such a long mm -hmm. time. Like 
Snoop Dogg is one of those people where you forget about their age. Like, yeah. he has been around and He's seen like a lot yeah. in, in hip-hop culture and yeah. in, in its changes. I mean, talking about hip-hop, like, um, on Saturday, B.O.B. was at the event that I was working at, um, and they were interviewing him and talking to him about, you know, his thoughts on South by Southwest and the festival, and he was like talking about he said i've been playing south by southwest since it was primarily rock bands that were playing here you know and hip-hop was scarce and you know there was maybe one or two showcases but this year it's insane i mean hip-hop in general has made such an impact on the music industry and is a primary primary force and and this year you really see it and you know Ray Shrimmerd who those kids are like they're like 18 19 17 I mean they're young they play they were playing like five or six times a day I mean they're going all over the city and playing and they really only have three hits at this point you know so I mean it's just kind of a testament B.O.B. saying that like it it, hip-hop is becoming so much more prominent each year and um, Snoop Dogg is, you know, one of the cultivators, I guess, in, oh, yeah. in really hip-hop. Is. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, and it was very, <laughs> it was interesting because they didn't plan for his keynote session to be so popular, I guess, because we were in a very large ballroom, but they, like, ran out of seats, and it was standing room only, and they had to put a bunch of people into a separate room for, like, a live stream. Like, I talked to a woman afterwards, and she was like, what did he say at the beginning? Like, I missed <laughs> it. I was moved into this other room, and people were just really, really into it, and, like, I got to sit in the fourth row, so I was, like, up close and personal, but it was really fun, and, like, afterwards, I like, took a bunch of selfies with the crowd, so I don't know. I was genuinely inspired by Snoop Dogg. I was very into it. But so yeah, on the opposite spectrum of the rap and hip hop, I know um, Melissa, you went to the uh, punk and hardcore rock yeah, showcase. I, I kind of stumbled upon it. It was on Friday. It was on like the northwest side of the city, just oh, like okay. um, like off of airport, and it, it was in what looked like a backyard. Um, but it was like someone had a stage set up. They obviously always had that like all the time but there was like punk and hardcore bands kind and like I kept on trying to describe this in some sort of way um like train hopping music there was a lot of people that had like <laughs> dreadlocks and dogs and like and like vests. very rough and like there was the like a like a spit roast like a pig that was being like cooked over a oh campfire it was like it was this strange authentic feeling but it was separate from like completely separate from south by it wasn't an official showcase or anything but i think like to have come across that was pretty cool um and it was good to get at that point it was really rainy and like mm. muddy so it it was a disaster actually at the the house that i was at but I also wanted to kind of escape the city just because things were so busy yeah. and especially because of the weather, traffic and things were unreal. So, yeah, I was going to say on Friday night, it was like pouring, not pouring down rain, but it was raining oh, pretty, pretty hard. <laughs> and like yeah. there was mud everywhere. And that was the night that I was going to go and see bleachers at Stubbs and Stubbs is an outdoor venue. And we were all just like standing in mud <laughs> for like four hours and it was raining and we were just standing there in the rain and like Cameron and Madeline are like trying to keep their cameras safe from the rain. And I ended up in the front row again. So I'm like up against all of these people. And I just know that the weather just, like, really affected everything at South By this past weekend. I know, it definitely did. I wonder if the turnout was as good on the weekend as it has been in the past just because of that. 
Yeah, on um, Friday, I know that Auditorium Shores is always such a huge draw for people because it's free and you can bring your kids and, you know, it's it's easy attractive and it's easy to get into and out of and it's it's large so you don't feel like you're too crowded. And I've been in the past and big bands play every year at Aud- Auditorium Shores, but because of the weather this year, you know, they planted new grass at Auditorium Shores last year, so they've been trying to keep it very clean and not you know tear up the grass essentially and so it's been closed to the public for the longest time and um my brother went on friday to see ryan bingham was playing and at auditorium shores you would usually have you know numbers in the thousands of people that are there to see an artist and i think um Ryan Bingham, who's a, who's a big artist, very good performer. There was only about 800 people there Friday night to watch him perform mm-hmm. because it was raining. I mean, they were standing in the yeah. rain watching him play, and it was muddy, but my brother said that it was absolutely incredible because there was less people. It felt more intimate and more personal, and um, you, you really do see those diehard fans sticking around, bearing all of the elements to make it to those shows. And I noticed that on Friday and Saturday when I was working, I mean, it was raining the whole time and there were still packed at capacity venues during the day, um, you know, of people just braving the elements just to make the most out of their badges or the most out of their South by Southwest weekend. So Because on Friday it was sitting there and it was raining and I'd been up since like nine o'clock in the morning to see Snoop Dogg and I was like, I gotta stay here. I gotta do it for the star. Like I gotta do it for the university star and was getting very dramatic. But um Everyone kind of like hung on until the very end because the Ting Tings played and then Clean Bandit played and then Bleachers came on and they're really popular right now for their um, I Want to Get Better song and they're just kind of like about to just like really hit like peak popularity and um, they were really good. Jack Antonoff who heads it, he was so into it the whole time and he just kept yelling and being like, Austin, Texas. Like I've (laughs) never heard anyone say the city where they're at so many times before in a concert. And um, following Bleachers was Marina and the Diamonds, and she was supposed to come on at 12.30, and Bleachers was done probably by, like, 12.20. So everyone was like, okay, we'll give, her, we'll give them some time to set up. But it ended up being, like, 1.20, and the guy, who like, one, a person who works at Stubbs came out and was like, we're having technical difficulties with the rain. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to get this music to you. And Marina didn't come on until, like, 1.40, and so at that point she has, like, 20 minutes to play. But um, the crowd had kind of dwindled down. I would say about half of the people who were there were like half half of the people who had left. Um, and she still did a really good job. And she's so beautiful. And her voice is so good. And she sang like Prima Donna Girl. And she sang one of her new songs um, called Forget. And I don't know. She was really good. So some people like hung on till the end. But other people were like, I'm going to get a cold. I'm going to go home. But uh, Bleachers was very appreciative. They were just like, you guys are the best for watching this in the rain. Like, thank you so much. Like, you're the best audience we've ever had and all this stuff. And it was really good. And that was just kind of like my last night at South By was like standing in the rain, like listening to bands play. And it was really cool. Yeah. And that's pretty much the same with me. Like, Friday was my last day just because of the weather. I was the person that that (laughs) went home because I also lost my keys. But that... I found those. The, <laughs> I, the weather really did put me off because, yeah, I couldn't be bothered. I knew I was going to have to come back to work in school today, mm-hmm. and it just didn't seem worth it to hang around in the rain Saturday and Sunday. Try to like, navigate the traffic and be just wet in the rain. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. yeah, I think the weather really weeded out like the 
hard and true yeah. South by Southwest fans. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not. I know. Like, I gave up. Was, <laughs> I mean, I probably, if I, I had an interactive badge, so at that point, Friday was kind of the last day I could attend because I couldn't get into anything yeah. like on Saturday and Sunday. But um, if, if it wasn't for that, I probably wouldn't have gone either because the rain was pretty bad. Just standing in the Jimmy Kimmel line oh, for God. hours in the rain. We're but just like um, standing there like just soaking wet anyway that's yeah, a different for, story for those for a different who did podcast. go to <laughs> south by on saturday and sunday i'm sure they had fun and they used their sure, time wisely time. <laughs> and i know like allison had mentioned this earlier this weekend was a no refusal weekend yeah so. and i think that the the weather too helps people be more conscious of of their drinking and their driving and, and things like that um 45 people were arrested this weekend, uh, Friday and Saturday, Friday, late Friday night, early Saturday morning, and then Sunday combined for no refusal weekend, which basically just means that um, if you get pulled over and you refuse to do a breathalyzer, they have a search warrant, they can get your blood. So there's no way of getting out of um, a DWI or a DUI. Like you absolutely will get caught and you will get in trouble. 45 arrests in two days is a pretty, is a, it's not, I mean, it's not insane, but that's a pretty substantial number, um, you know, taking into consideration that there are thousands and thousands of extra people in the city. It doesn't seem that large, but, um, you know, you're always going to have things like that at any sort of festival or big event. People drink and they drive on a regular yeah. weeknight. So mm-hmm. um, we're lucky that this year there were no tragedies. And this year they the No Refusal Weekend kind of came from the fact that there was such a you know horrible accident last year. They wanted to prevent anything like that from happening again. So, um, you know, in the grand scheme of things, we're lucky that there were no tragedies or major accidents. Um, but, yeah, I think that the weather definitely deterred some of those crazy ones from um, getting out on the streets and driving after a heavy day of drinking because let's be real south by southwest i mean i was working at maggie mays from 11 until 5 on friday and saturday and as soon as people came in at 11 they started drinking they're drinking all day i mean it's a festival and if you're able to free drink that's how it goes i mean it's it's a heavy heavy week of of partying and drinking and you know i wouldn't expect anything less i mean that's half of the fun most of the time so um <laughs> i'm glad though that there was no major yeah, accidents so i know a lot of people say, all in all utilized I feel like uber it was like a very successful absolutely week. Yeah. I, I did feel music. like the the festival in general they did promote safe like habits so like they lyft and uber were promoted oh yeah everywhere and like obviously there's pedicabs and stuff i do think that for once, it was really encouraged to be safe whenever you're. And I know drinking. that some of the metro buses were free as well um, for people to use, which yeah. is always people uh, with convenient. badges and wristbands. Yeah. yeah, and you're. I mean, no matter what, you're doing a lot of walking, so it's just kind of something you get used to. Um, you know, whatever, staying out and drinking water. Yeah, figuring but over- it out. Overall, I think we all had a really great time. Yeah, um, it was covering like, music. like a religious experience oh, for yeah. me. I like came home and was like, Mom, I'm changed forever. So yeah. thank you, South by Southwest. It was great. I'm very happy. Yeah, so look out for um, our next podcast, which will talk about the interactive and film portion of South by Southwest. And thanks for joining us today. Thank thanks. You.